Hello, and welcome to Monumental, where we sit down with entrepreneurs, leaders, visionaries, and big thinkers making monumental change. Here's your host, Evan Holliday. Welcome to Monumental, everybody. I'm your host, Evan Holliday, and today we have on the show with us a good friend of mine and a now officially we're business partners on a deal together. So we'll dive into that, uh, but I'm excited to have on the show with you all, uh, Jason Yerusi. Jason, how you doing, man? I'm doing awesome. How are you? Doing fantastic, especially after we got that deal closed last week. That's right. Good. We've had a good, good start to the deal. Good conversations earlier today. I'm excited for the next steps here. Yes, likewise. So we'll, we'll dive into that a little bit later on in the podcast, uh, but a little bit about Jason for everyone listening. Um, so Jason is an active real estate syndicator investor. Uh, in 2016, he founded Yerusi Holdings, a multifamily investment firm currently with over 800 units. Uh, he also hosts the Jason and Peely Project, uh, a YouTube channel and podcast that sets the foundation for building mental fortitude, growing wealth, and improving health. Uh, and if you follow Jason online, you know that he is, he is a student of what he preaches. Uh, so I'm excited to dive into that. Uh, he also has a monthly meetup, the New Jersey Multifamily Formula Club, and has over 2,000 members and focuses on real estate syndication. So with that, Jason, let's just dive right in and go to a little bit of your background and how you got to where you are today. So it was a traditional route that was not traditional at all. So, of course, went to college and, you know, I had a conversation earlier today is that, you know, so much when we're younger, we feel predicated that our decisions, right? We have to define these decisions. Like I have to choose the college to go to, choose the college to go to that's, and then once I'm there, I got to choose, um, you know, my major and that's going to set on my course of life. Right. So, um, I ended up going to college really just based on um, like sports, right? It was, it was more in line. I had good grades and went there, but you, you find when you're there, I just, I didn't have a draw to one major. I had, a, had um, a, a girlfriend at the time. Her mom said, well, you're good in business. Why don't you try business finance? And I went that direction, but just throughout college, just knew I didn't want to go that direction. So when I left school, ended up just doing a lot of different things. So I, you know, I worked in the arts, I traveled, I lived in Europe working over there for a bit. And then I came back living in New York City, which um, a lot of people do is I started working in the, the restaurant nightlife um, hospitality industry. So I, I um, worked at a number of bars. I worked at one of the largest bars um, in New York City and helped really grow the revenues there 25 times. And then I opened up a brewery, opened and sold that and opened up uh, a, yeah. a restaurant there that's, that's still there today. And throughout that, Hurricane Sandy happened in New Jersey back in 2012. And it was one of these moments here where it, cr it created so much damage here. And lo and behold, my dad had this business, still has this business, where he lifts and moves houses. Um, he had this crazy idea years ago that he would um, go into this work here that was heavy construction, that he would start lifting houses. And you could lift houses because of poor foundations, flooding reasons, um, setback reasons, a, a number of different things. So he was in this business, Hurricane Sandy happens, and all of a sudden he's flooded with work because tens of thousands of homes now have to be lifted on the East Coast to meet FEMA guidelines, hopefully avoid having massive insurance hikes for their flood insurance, and just to make them hopefully not flood again. So 
my brother who was working for me at the time in New York City and myself, um, we moved out to New Jersey. And I had just actually met, Peely and I had known each other since 2003, but we had really just gotten together at that time. So she moved out here with me and we started working for the family business. And uh, we went from... <clears throat> my dad doing about 12 projects a year to um, that first year doing about a, really about 150 with a, the next stage being about uh, 200, 250 at the peak. And that's lifting houses. So we were really um, ramped up that business really flowing through. But one of the things that stood out the entire time was that we'd love helping dad. We'd love helping the family business, but we wanted to do a thing that was going to give us our time back. And what we found was what we were doing is just service businesses, like anything, you have to work to get paid, right? So if you stop, I mean, there's nothing that comes from there. So we started working um, in this business to find what we wanted to do second to this. So we thought we picked what was a logical step and that we start went into real estate, but we started doing things like Peely uh, got a real estate license. I started um, flipping houses and doing that magnitude. And lo and behold, we just created more jobs for ourselves, right? So now we have the construction business, we have another job, and all of a sudden it feels like we're working like 25 hours a day if they were there. That led us into investing out of state. And we started, um, we met a friend um, who was doing this in another state and just was doing it successfully just by buying houses and having a team in place. Um, a lot of our experience has been managerial over the years. So we started doing that and it just occurred to us that we could do a lot without having to be actively involved day-to-day, -day, you know, active and a part of using our hands to get the work done. Having the success we did with these two and three units, it just dawned on me that we would be able to do a lot if we could do this on a bigger point, right? Because it's only scalable for you to buy so many single family houses or so many duplex or, or triplexes. But if we could do this for 20 units, 50 units, 100 units, well, the opportunity was there for us to just really create value and then benefit across the board from economies of scale. So uh, Peely and I talked about this. It was, um, it was I think, more of a mental hurdle for her at that point. But once we talked it through and went through a point, we sold all those properties, went all into large multifamily. And large multifamily, it was, uh, we didn't just step out and just buy a property. We just started finding everyone around us who was doing this successfully and yeah. seeing how they were doing it, understanding the steps they do and do successfully, and then started to mim mimic those steps. So we did that um, aligned and we went from selling uh, those three units or so buying, you know, two, three units to buying our first one, a 94 unit back in uh, mid, uh, in May of 2017. Wow. I love it. Um, that's, that's quite the story. And, 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 you know, it's funny. This is why I love podcasting uh, because here we are partnering on a deal and I had no idea that you were like in the restaurant business in New York uh, to start with. Like, that's so cool. And, and that shows just like your hustle and your story throughout is, you know, constantly learning a business, evolving, adapting, growing uh, and taking it to the next level and saying, Hey, I've grown, I've learned this business. I've learned this, uh, position, whatever it is, and said, hey, this was a good stepping stone to get one step closer to where, you know, maybe the next step is. And eventually that led you into multifamily investing uh, and getting that time back and getting that time and financial freedom um, and being able to unlock the power of economies of scale with multiple doors. It's like action, from action, you understand where the opportunity lies, but you also understand where you don't want to be. And, and too many times in life, people will choose not to take action because they're worried about what could potentially happen. But 
it, it's more beneficial to try something to eliminate it than to think about if it could work or couldn't work and never started it at all. So we tried, we, we've done a lot of things, um, you know, some successfully, some not successfully. And for us, we've continued to build off that and learn. So, you know, what I do today, if I was to say, you know, 10 years ago, if I did tell myself then that I was doing this, I probably wouldn't be ready for it at that time. But I built these experiences that really gave me the basis, the foundation to, to grow into what we're doing now. Yeah, I love that. And, and how did how did your and Peely's lives cross? How did you guys meet? <laughs> Same thing. She was actually running um, this crazy bar called the Frying Pan that used to be this um, very busy um, nightlife place. On some days, we'd have about 25,000 people would come through. And wow. it, was, uh, it was nuts. I mean, you would have, you know, all kinds of different parties. It would stay open until about 5 a.m. And, and I had come back from working in Europe and met a friend. And we went over. This place was on the water. And, and we went over there and started um, – got hired to do construction at the bar and Peely was running it and all her and I first met and we were both on our own paths, both in our own relationships. And so worlds apart. And throughout the course of the next 10 years, um, she stayed for a bit and then she went to um, LA um, and she went out there to, to be an actress. Um, she was doing Shakespeare in the city, went out there to be an actress, um, then came back to New York and then went back to Hawaii and then came back to New York. And 10 years later, we we found our way right so we actually started working together before we were ever in a relationship but where that comes into play is we get that question a lot is like, how can you guys learn to work together well we we knew how we had the working environment before we ever had the relationship so it was almost that the relationship was the new piece and yeah. for for most relationships where where they go awry when they try to work together is you forget to ask the other person is, is, is this what you want? Right. And I, even on real estate side, one person will say, well, I'm doing all this. It's going to help our future and all this. And the, the partner um, may not ask the question of the, 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 maybe the spouse who's not doing real estate where that person says, yeah, that's great. But you you have this like a young family and you're gone, you know, 20 hours a day. So we never see you. So I, I get it, but we, they haven't had that connection. So, Billy and I, are, we've, we've been able to find a way to constantly communicate on what we're doing um, and then align on our purpose, right? And that, that allows us to, to have the great relationship we have and have the life that we're continuing to work to have. I love it. And in speaking of which, um, like I mentioned earlier, like I, I feel like uh, you and Peely both are, are great examples of people who embody what they speak and embody what the, their principles are. Um, and I think that's really important to, to highlight here on Monumental um, because I, I think that's something a lot of, a lot of us struggle with is we, we set out to be, you know, this ideal person in our, in our mind of who we want to be or a, 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 a spouse that we want to be. Um, but what you think of and what you see ideally doesn't always come out into reality. Um, but just at least what I've, what I've gathered, it seems like you guys do an excellent job of that. And so could you elaborate on how our listeners could also be able to try to embody and, and, and live out their principles as best as possible? Don't overcomplicate it. There, there's most times when we set up for our goals or our, our future, we, we want it to be complicated for the sake of it being complicated. But ultimately, it comes down to really just being basic in the point here. So what is it that I really want? What is it that's giving me the purpose to get there? 
And how is that going to benefit me and others around me if I get it? And conversely, if I don't get it, how is that going to affect me? And if it's not huge, that's not going to affect you on the back end. It's probably not desirable enough to you. It's like looking on Instagram and saying, oh, that's an awesome car that dude has. I want that car because it's going to, if I have that car, I'll be happy for the rest of my life. But there's no substance there. So you have that car or you don't have that car. It's really not going to add value to your life because of that. Um, a lot goes with, with relationships is that Peely and I, you know, we have our bad days too, right? And having the partner there that, that's aligned to the purpose allows one person to, to, to say, okay, cool. All right, you've had your moment. Like, how can we make this better? What do we need to do right now to transition? And when we're thinking about who, who we want to be and being our best self, that's, that's the end goal. So, so like, that's where you want to get to, but maybe that's not where you are now, but it's embodied in you, but you have to take that first step. So getting in shape, right? People say, why don't I lose 20 pounds? And you just focus on 20 pounds. Well, that means nothing until you take that first step of, okay, today I'll eat 10% less, or today I'll get up and walk around the block, or today um, I won't watch shows to midnight and I'll get a better night's sleep so I can get up in the morning and, and, and lift weights. They, they, you don't take that next step because you're, you're thinking about the end goal, right? So I want to climb to, you know, the peak of the mountain, but it's so outside you can't encompass what that is. So you don't think, well, what would be our first step? Well, I need, maybe I need to get hiking boots or something as simple as that. So because we yeah. want to make it complicated. Yeah. Yeah. I think your, your spot on is, is how to deconstruct your goals and any, any sort of principle that you want to live by and become and embody um, first see yourself in those shoes, see yourself being that person now, and then also seeing, okay, well, don't, don't overthink things. Say, how can I just take one little step a day? How can I make it easier on myself? Cause I know that it's tough for me to wake up in the morning. So I'll put my phone on the other side of the bedroom, you know, little things like that, that uh, just help push the needle so you can get a little closer to, to where you want to be. It said more people fear success than they do failure. And if you think about that, why, why would that be right? And ultimately it's because you can identify with what you have currently, right? And even if it's not the best place to be, but since you probably haven't ever had that success or that greatness that you want to get to, you, you can't under, you can't mentally grasp that. So instead of going for that, because it's something that you can't really mental, mentally grasp, even if it could make your life a hundred times better, you'll decide to stay where you are because it's, it's somehow safer in that environment where you're not happy because it's, it's known compared to stretching out into the unknown. And, and how have you all been able to continue stretching out into the unknown and continuing to grow, continuing to grow the business and personally um, and while growing your family? So it's a, it's, there's never a balance, right? So at times like, I, I can't balance my, my health, my business, and my kids because there's no such thing, right? You have to push an opponent. So the things that you can break outside your comfort zone is just do that. Next time that you feel inclined to say no to something, say yes right away. Um, first actions, do three things that are most important to your day first. Don't let it go on. Um, sleep on the floor tonight. Even though you have a beautiful bed, sleep on the floor for the next three nights not because of anything else, but because you can have, you can do it. And when you sleep in that bed, you'll learn how great certain things are. We have, you know, 
Um, take cold showers. Get a, uh, get up at 2 a.m. for no other reason for that point. Uh, call five people who um, you admire. Ask them how they do it. Anything that breaks outside your comfort zone, don't think about it. Just do it because it will allow you to grow. Things that, that seem hard are only hard because we haven't tried them yet. So like my, my son trying to learn to ride a bike, you know, the first day, you know, you, you would think like the world's going to end because of him trying to get on this bike. But by day two, you know, he's off riding down the street, right? Just because it becomes, becomes something that now you tried, you've gotten over that threshold of fear and really just continue to push the narrative. But that narrative just starts with that first step, right? Um, I'm doing a hundred mile run, another one on Saturday. It's a virtual one. And wow. it's, if I was to say, I'm going to do a hundred miles. I mean, it's mentally draining, right? Cause I, cause I, I'm thinking about, I'm okay. Here I am at a hundred mile mark. I think through the race, but nothing happens without me taking a step. That's yeah. it. So I, I just have to keep, keep moving. Right. So the first step, right. Don't, don't worry about the full thing all the way throughout because that's where we, we fail with the plan. It, getting outside your comfort zone, it's just thinking, okay, what's one thing I can stretch today? And it doesn't mean that you have to go swim with sharks, but if you're not good at swimming, maybe go try and you know swim one lap. Just get your mind ready to take on that next step. Um, preparing yourself in a way that you can have a clear vision during the day. So even we'll talk later about morning rituals, but getting up and having you know mindfulness in the morning so you can now be clear with what you want. But it's just creating the right agenda for yourself and then not sitting on the sideline. There is, you may not get the result you want with action, but doing or being inactive will never produce anything you want. So I want to dive into uh, the 100 mile run real quick. Um, So tell me what what inspired you to do that and, and what has that been like training for that? Um. It's actually no different than I usually train. You know, when you, anybody who's run a marathon, you can find like a, like a marathon roadmap and generally like right. you'll do a couple like 20 mile runs, like closer to the race time. Well, yeah. uh, it's not like for this, you'll do like a couple 80 mile runs throughout. It becomes, I, I first heard about these when I heard about these and yeah, I was like, yeah, I'm in, I'll try it. You know, and I got to, my first race was a 51 mile race and I, I, I had a plan, but then I, and my plan was run the uphills, come strong on the uphills and don't get my feet wet. Um, mile three was so steep up into like, um, it, we were up in Ithaca, New York it was so steep. You couldn't run it. And then mile four was the first of four rivers that I had to run through. I probably could have looked at the course and figured this out, but I generally don't like to do that. Cause right. Cause it sets a narrative. So the plan after that was okay. New plan, no plan. Right. So the plan, because new it becomes plan, mental. No plan. I like it. Yeah. It becomes mental. Right. So this uh, race was supposed to be on the border of Canada on Saturday. Turns out now it's virtual. So I was like, all right, well, I have the choice just to phone it in and say, yeah, I'm not going to do it. Or, okay, let's, let's just do it. So there's been new challenges to this one. I'm going to run on pavement for 100 miles. I'm going to now I, – I, I was trying to do a one where I could run a big loop, but it was like I couldn't stay off the highways by that point. I was going to be on like major highways trying to run. That probably yeah. went over well at like 3 in the morning. So I'm running a 20-mile loop. Um, I have a couple of people joining me. There's not like an aid station set up, so there's more mental capacity for that. And that's what the race is, and it's a lot like life, right? So it will be my body. And then it will be my mind in that direction, my body first. And then my mind is going to be, cause my body will keep going. 
Geringer's not many points where my body's like, ah, I just can't do it anymore. You know, I'm done. It's, it's my mind saying, you know, I think you had enough. Hey, why don't you just stop here? Yeah. And it's at those moments, just like in life or goals or business or family or friends that you just have to say, well, what if I just do one more thing? Like, what if I just take one more step? What if I just, just run to that tree? What happens yeah. then? You get to the tree and say, okay, how about I just run to the bridge? And you get to the bridge and you say, ah, just 200 more steps. And next thing you know, you're mile 75. And you're mile 75 to the next thing. You just keep pushing through. And then it is me running, but it's also, you know, a team sport. Like, uh, you know, Peely will, I won't have like a full crew, but like Peely will be there on my side. You know, like if I need something, she'll be like, you know, stop being baby and go do it or something. Or, or she'll, <laughs> or she'll say, okay, um, you know, do you need this? And it'll be those points, but that's why you have like, you know, you, you've been hiring, you have the right teammates for your side. So you don't have to constantly be worried about these things that, that you need to worry about. Cause you can only cover so much, right? So you have your basis. I'm going to get to the end of this race in between. Is everything going to be perfect? No, absolutely not. I mean, maybe we'll pour on Saturday. I don't know, you know, but in that part, I'm getting it done. I, one way or the other, we'll go and start to finish. Yeah. And the, the route's going to change throughout the day. And I'm going to have to pivot. And when I pivot, it, it might help me. It might hurt me. I don't know. But, I, but I, I will work to the goal throughout the day with a plan, with the plan being that I'm going to get it done. That's amazing, man. That's inspiring to me. It sounds like, uh, like David Goggins, um, just reading his book, it's like the, the amount of perseverance you think you have is typically, uh, your, your actual ability is typically a lot more than what you think it is. And it's just he's got such a life story, right? Players. Yeah, just such a life story. And you would hope nobody has to endure that kind of life. But he's he's a testament to it. You know, he's gone through all that training, all these points, you know, um, got that fat, you know, got himself in shape, push, push yourself, push his limit. Um, and that's, it just shows like you can do a lot more. And it's like, I don't know, telling ourselves we're, you know, oh, oh, we can't work out or we're not good with money. Like, is that true? Or are you are you telling yourself that? Like, where's the narrative? I'm not good in relationships, you know. Like, uh, or are you telling are you telling yourself that? Or is that actually true? Yeah. Ninety nine percent of the time, it's you're telling yourself that because you do, you know, you control your thoughts, your feelings, what you say, what you do, and you can choose out of thirty five thousand thoughts a day. You can choose. Yeah, I love that. That's a great way to sum it up. As far as is your where you are today with your your mental toughness was kind of what I would sum it up as like mental toughness and fortitude and inner strength um, and just your your mentality about things. Um, I think that's like a muscle and you have to work that out. Yeah. Um, so how did you get to that point of, you know, having a strong mental muscle like that? Uh you have to work on yourself, right? You, you do. And, and it is life experiences because you can be mentally tough in a negative way. You can be mentally tough in a positive way. And you, you do have to daily work on yourself because meditation, it's a, it's a, I, I heard something that, that kind of sets meditation to level there is that, you know, you can be sad, you can be angry, um, you get, you can have hatred. You can have all these feelings, you know, meditation isn't put there to, to eliminate those feelings. And if you try to eliminate though, you're, you're probably going to have the, the, the opposite effect, but what it is there to do is to, to lessen the curve, right? So if you're, if you're upset 
having mindfulness in the morning allows that that curve not to be four hours of your day and maybe just break it down to a half hour. You know, if you're angry, it helps you. It's almost like mitigating the, that, that emotion, right? Yeah. Well, a lot with mental forward is too, is just you understanding what's happening in the moment and then being able to identify how to, how to properly address it. Um, does it work perfectly? No, that's why it's a constant life learning balance. But we, we do set so much into really what happens in our day and that can almost just like ruin our week. But if you think about things that happen during the day, if something bad happened today, well, is it bad? Or like five years from now, would you even remember this moment? Yeah. Or are you setting it up like a big failure? And as younger, you know, it would be like the end of the world. But now today, if you look at that, you wouldn't even remember it. So a lot is understanding, you know, what's your purpose? What's your drive? Are you working to do good? And if you can continue with that mind track and have the mind ready to, to follow you along, your life falls in, falls in line too. Yeah. Yeah. And I think to that point, um, I, I've, I've noticed time and again for myself personally, if there's ever a moment or a, or a day or an event that in my mind initially like freaks me out or scares me or makes me nervous. I, I usually like initially I'm like, Whoa, like this is going to be a crazy day. Like, did I sign off for too much? Did I, did I um, overbook myself or did I, you know, sign up for something that I'm not prepared for? I've never done before. But then I remind myself, I'm like, Hey, wait a minute. Like, remember all these other things that you had never done before and you've now successfully completed and you've gotten through that hurdle and you've been all right. And I constantly remind myself of that, of like also visualizing a successful outcome. And then of course, inevitably, I also combine that with little Tony Robbins and I make my move and I, you know, do my little fist pump and it just, it gets me into a higher state of being where I'm like, all right, now I'm the higher state of Evan. And I know that I'm, I'm going to break through this hurdle. I'm going to either be successful or I'm going to learn something from it. Yeah. Um, if and everybody could have that, that mindset right there, just, okay, either I'm going to get the result I want or I'm going to learn from it, the world would be magically different. It, like just magically different, just what you said right there. But the, because you're doing that step, it's now why you, you, you have a successful business, successful podcast, you're doing development, you're doing all these things, right? Um, is it luck? No, it's that preparation. Yeah, yeah. And, and like we were talking about, it's you know 80% mental preparation more than anything. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's getting yourself in that higher state of being. Um, so I'm glad we're diving into this. As far as as far as speaking of podcasts, as far as your podcast, um, you and Peely have been doing that for a few years now. Um, what have you learned doing that podcast? Like what have been some of the, the key learning things that you have grown from your podcast? Constant learning. The, the, the message here is in perseverance, right? So the luck is a word that gets thrown around a lot, but rarely is luck something that's just had on someone who's not not ready for for the challenge to be in front of them right so you know that's why like the lottery people get millions of dollars but they're not ready to use it accordingly so so it gets wasted well mm -hmm. a lot with people and their successes is that they have perseverance just like you said is that when something comes up they use to to maximize it in a way that it can benefit others and benefit themselves and if it goes to plan they keep building upon it and if it doesn't, they learn from the experience and figure out how to, how to pivot. Um, I had a guy in the show earlier who um, was homeless 
and from homeless uh, became a high level exec at Disney and then a high level exec at Madison Square Garden and then left them to be, you know, renowned speaker and best-selling author um, for a book um, to help um, young children as, as they grow from school into the, into the real world. Cause he just wow. felt that was his calling because, and his name is John Walsh. He was an incredible dude, but he just felt that was an area where, where people come out and, and, we can all, we're usually in a growth stage, you know, like in our thirties and our forties when we're saying, okay, you know, like now I'm trying to figure it out where most people, when they, they leave school, they're, they're just thrown out into the universe. Like, okay, go figure it out now without really a good action framework to do so. Right. And so when, when you do, you have that behind you and you have that move movement that, that really draws you to the line. It gives you, gives you the steps you need. I love it. What, what, as far as you, you're like, what is your big why behind everything you do? Oh, so family. I mean, and, and that's an easy, easy out right there. But when, when you have kids, you, you identify that you want to give them the opportunity to, to create their life in ways that you weren't ready for when, when you were younger, right? So a lot with the multifamily, which is interesting, or even the meetups or even doing this is that, okay, daddy and mommy are on a conversation to help people. Right, so we're buying these buildings to help people. Why are you helping people? So, well, that building right now, it's not a great place to live. So we're gonna make it a better place to live so the people that are there have better places that they can come home to. So their mommy and daddies and their kids can come home to so they can have fun at the place they live and have a nice house. And we have a nice house here. We want the people when we buy these buildings to have a better house. And so talking about points about showing your children and you, you can never really tell them what to do. It's, it's not like, hey, do this and you'll be right. But you, you want to provide them with the framework so they can have the best opportunity to make the best choices for themselves as they grow through life. So the big why is really just providing value to my family that, that can give them the best outlook on life to make the best decisions going forward. Yeah, I think that's, that's truly having that monumental impact of you know, creating a better life for your children, your family. Uh, and not only not only the family piece, but you can also help others through the multifamily piece, through the business side. You can not only create that generational wealth and income for your family and your investors, but you can also create a better life, a better household, a better experience uh, for your residents. I think that's that's kind of the like the true win win win. Oh, you think about it. the cool thing about multifamily is so I go there, I make this a better place for people to live. So they're willing to pay more because this is better than having to live in a place they lived before. Now that benefits our investors and our investors now are able to, to have a better opportunity now with, for what they're investing in to reach their financial goals. And along with that, then as operators, we're able to benefit from the overall value of the property increasing as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's really one of the biggest drivers behind what we do with Holiday Ventures is yep. we're like, how can we make the world a better place through our developments, through our our multifamily acquisitions and our communities that we are empowering our residents and turn around and help the community. And not only that, be able to help, you know, our, our future children when we get to that point um, yeah. as you and Peely have. And I just think that that is so powerful when your work can do good and you can do, do good for yourselves and your families at the same time. I heard a preface, right? So, you know, <clears throat> We're born not knowing anything. Then we're at a stage where we're figuring it out. Then we look back on life, just hoping that what we did actually created value, a value that we're going to leave behind. Right. And that's like a lot about 
at a certain point you realize that it is what I'm doing, leaving an impact. Yeah. And that really can help your mission. If you're looking for a purpose is what I'm doing going to have impact. Am I get, what am I going to be remembered for? Right. So, and if I'm remembered to my kids or my wife and that can be plenty, right. Or if you want to have a different impact and you, I don't know, you want to create something that can be a product like ring doorbell. I don't whatever comes to mind, then that can be another impact. So, um, as far as, as far as the next steps for Yerusi Holdings, for you and Peely, for, uh, for your goals for the next couple of years, where do you envision that for yourself and your business? So I never try and think of it like as a, as a unit basis. I, we, we want to push to get to 100 million assets under management. We know that can benefit helping a lot of people out there, uh, but choosing the right opportunities. We're not aligned that we have to. Um, we're not forced to find deals. We want to find great deals that work. And we know doing the steps, working with, you know, great partners like yourself, we'll, we'll be able to find good opportunities and what we can do and push value and then continue to expand so we can truly push with what we're doing. So we have our, uh, FitRich Life, uh, newsletter. That's a lot of fun that talks to our podcast where we really focus on fit, rich and wellness. And that just is, uh, really something that is dear to our our message where, you know, we had a, a, a podcast that was just real estate, but we found so much of our talk track was aligning with the mental fortitude and the health. And, and then it, it was, it was like we were pulling away to just try and stay in the one lane. So we, we changed yeah. it to the Jason and Peely project so we could talk about tactical advice for a fulfilling life. And that gave us the ability to really expand our horizon on, on, on reaching a base that we feel that we could, we can help. And it's a lot about learning from, you know, at what we've done and also our mistakes and helping other people curve. Just like we had uh, people help us in the multifamily world to, to, you know, your fast track is that here's what we did, you know, take it for what it is, but this process works. So try it out and see if it works for you. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I think it's a, a combination of the impact piece that where you can really help people the most um, and also helping your investors through your assets under management um, and being able to grow those simultaneously. Correct. Um, so I want to dive into, uh, we briefly touched on it, but I want to dive into uh, Nightingale uh, deal. We just closed you, myself and Chad King, our three respective companies. Um, it was, it was quite the deal to get closed. Uh, went through many, many lessons learned. Um, but really glad we got it closed. Exciting deal. Um, I just want to hear kind of your, your takeaways and lessons learned from it. The takeaway is that, you know, per perseverance prevails, right? There, there was a lot of pieces in this deal that would shy a lot of people away, right? It was that, but on, on the same side, it gave us more opportunity to succeed. And so having the right partners on board. So you having the affordable aspect, uh, Chad, just really being a go-getter and, and locking the, locking it up and, and myself pulling from other experience and, and we're able to put together a dynamic deal. But you're only as good as the team around you. And sometimes that team is on the other side, right? So closing, it, it was, wasn't the most hectic closing we ever had, but it, it, there were so many moving pieces because we had the additional affordable loan on top of the, the loan we had currently. Um, there were just a lot of moving pieces and then you, you put in COVID. So it was that patience always persists 
we we didn't get it done the day it was supposed to close and it pushed after the weekend you know overnight mail uh late paperwork but it does work in your advantage and it gives us more mental aptitude to look at the deal from where we are and have a better position to start with so sometimes when things happen that aren't ideal like closing getting delayed it ultimately helps you right because you 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 can instead of rushing into something like we would have been there right before Labor Day. So nothing really would have happened over those couple of days. So now we were able to get into this deal um, with a clean perspective starting the day over. But you do want to get things done, but you want to go slow throughout the process. And their time is always pushed, right? So most deals, you're, you're, you're rushing to a point, but then you're waiting on everybody else and then they rush you at that point, right? Yeah. But just because someone's rushing you, it doesn't mean it has to be rushed. We have to make sure that everything's accounted for. So you guys were, you know, going through for the rent operations, making sure the home loan was checked, but there was a lot of different, a lot of different team there and everybody was working to the same goal. So knowing that everybody's on the same level and it's not like a buyer versus seller or, or a lender versus with buyer, you know, and, and knowing that those are components that are just parts of the deal, it makes it an easier mind frame for you to work to the closing. And now we have a great deal. You know, we're at 57 cents a square foot on rent. The average of the market is 91 cents a square foot. We have a, a substantial amount of the buildings on the street. It's in a great path of progress. Uh, we have tenants that are being underserved. We can go in there and make uh, minimal upgrades to make the, the units more attractive. We can do some nice things outside to make this a better place to live. So it, it's going to be a win across the board. Yeah, yeah. and and. To give everyone a little background, uh, so this was a kind of a, a pre-COVID deal initially. Uh, COVID kind of slowed the deal down and also gave us more time to make sure uh, the numbers were working out. A uh, 65-unit deal in Louisville, Kentucky, um, but ended up COVID didn't really have the uh, negative effect uh, that everybody thought it would. So we ended up moving forward with the deal. Great, like like Jason just said was able to get it kind of under market because it was really being undermanaged uh, by a nonprofit owner. And so there's tremendous value day one. Uh, we had massive, massive uh, demand on the investor side too, uh, being able to fundraise this one really quickly. Uh, but really excited. We're gonna, uh, we were talking about it before we jumped on. We need to do like a deep dive specific on this deal, you, me and Chad. That'd be fun. Because um, I think there's a lot to tear apart, a lot of lessons learned, a lot of layers of complexity to this deal. Um, and I know I learned a lot just from this one deal. Uh, and like we were talking about, we're really just getting started. We just closed about a week ago. And so now it's it's game plan implementation time and where we can really turn over the property, make it what it's truly meant to be. Uh, and realize the value for the investors and be able to provide a better quality uh, place to live for our residents. Yeah, that'd be exciting. We could talk there, just talk about the mindset going in, um, it, how we're looking at it today, where, where's going to be the repairs that are going to, um, you know, sometimes when you do things that are renovation for a property, they don't necessarily add value, but they create value in, in, in just the, the way the property looks from a performance standpoint. So if you're going to go in there and, and raise rents, on what basis are you making it a better place? Are you making it better to look at? Are you making yeah. it a, a more desirable place, a safer place? Um, okay, sure, I can understand that. But if you're just going in there to raise rents, well, what, what have you done to, to garner that that yeah. that ability to do so? Well, 
in summary, I'm excited that Jason and I are getting the opportunity to partner together um, and just being able to, to tag team this with Chad as well. Um, but we'll deep dive on this on another episode. But yeah, guys, stay tuned for that episode. That's going to be an awesome episode. I'm excited. I'm sure we'll um, we'll share some war stories on that deal too. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's dive into our monumental questions. Cool. What does success mean to you? It's constantly adapting, but it, it's it's finding fulfillment, right? So there's there's no there's no marker out there which says, okay, I'm successful. It just it just having a life that that can allow me to to feel like I'm serving purpose and benefit others around me and create value for, for myself and my family in our future. Yeah. I love it. Um, and what about daily habits and morning rituals that you have? So I wake up early. Um, I, I've been, we, we have our book coming out. Um, and I wake up at four thirty-two because then I can say four, three, two, one, and I'm up and really pushing my day. I drink a gallon of water in the morning. Um, I meditate for five to 10 minutes. I uh, do affirmations. I may do uh, some brain games like Lumosity. And then I'll go run generally six miles in the morning. Um, and that gets me back. Uh, kids are just getting up. Peely's just getting up. Uh, I switch off. I, I have the kids and some breakfast and some downtime with them. And Peely gets out and gets her workout. And so we're both able to start our day um, with the cleanest perspective you can with three kids, six and under. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love the four, three, two, one. Also, congrats on the upcoming book. Um, Thank you. When is that going to, to, to go live? End of October. Um, so it, it's, it's going to be, we'll, we'll have it available on fitrichlife.com. It will be available on Amazon. Um, it's ha- how to master a fit rich life in 15 days. And it's 15 actionable steps that you can do to find fulfillment in your life. Tactical advice that you need to, because everyone generally knows that they, they, they can do more, but sometimes it's that, that first actionable step that's keeping them on the sideline. And these are 15 steps that you can do that 10 minutes or less do it each day to get you on board, to get you a better life that you want. That's awesome. So, so how to live a fit rich life in 15 days. Is that what it is? Yeah. How to master a fit rich life in 15 days. I love it guys. Be on the lookout for that. Um, this episode should air a little bit before that launch date. Awesome. Um, This is the first time I've mentioned on a show. So, so thank you. Yeah. I love it. Um, well, that's exciting guys. Be on the lookout for that. I'm sure it's going to be packed with value. Um, Jason just brings value in everything he does. Um, so Last question, favorite book or book you are currently reading other than the one you're now writing? <laughs> ah, love it. Um, so right now I'm reading Principles with Ray Dalio. Uh, yeah. I, I just, it's, it's really interesting. Have you read it? Oh yeah, love yeah. it. So there, there's just certain points in there where you have to be in perspective. And a lot of it's with life right there is that the, the evolution of life like goes on. I think he talked about, you know, like a, like a pack of hyenas, like eating like a, a giraffe or something. And, and on, on the outside of nature, like from the outside in, it looks horrible. But in the evolution of nature, it's, it's actually has to happen in that way for, for evolution to continue to evolve, right? Yeah. And we're at a point of life where we're, you know, one person in one moment of life in thousands of thousands of years and how many different ecosystems and how many different um, universes out there, right? So just to take in perspective that, that we have a purpose in our life and it, we, we serve in this purpose to, to add value to that next step and looking at his principles, um, it's really thought provoking. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. That book is, 
it's just literally the whole book is massive value for mm-hmm. how to create your own principles in life and business and just amazing lessons learned from a billionaire that's had major impact on the business world. Yeah. Um, all right. Last question. Uh, first off, phenomenal episode. I had a blast. Uh, love talking mental fortitude with, uh, with someone that I, I am in, inspired by. Um, and so I appreciate you for that. Uh, so how can our monumental listeners follow you, reach out to you or connect with you? Sure. So, uh, uh, that's our website or Jason Yerusi on Instagram. All right, guys, you heard it here. Jason Yerusi at Instagram and connect with Jason. He's bringing massive value. Um, and also stay tuned for that episode where we talk, we dive deep into Nightingale, uh, and also check out his book and guys do not forget, uh, leave us a review, uh, share the episode. If you enjoyed today's episode, tag Jason, uh, tag myself, let us know you're listening, tag us on Instagram. Um, and guys with that have a monumental day. Mm -hmm.